the first use case you think about blockchain is payments, right? So that's the first thing you want to you want to do is show that you can secure a payment mechanism, just like Visa, Mastercard, but much more secure without middlemen, take away the fees, uh, offers economies of scale. So the more people use it, the cheaper it gets. The, the way we view the future of value in the long term, three to five to ten years, we view. Layer one blockchains will essentially become like the new republics. These will be the new mechanisms where all the value is going to proliferate to the future. There'll be the layer one blockchain, there'll be the mining market, there'll be the dApps, and there'll be tokens. So the lower you get in the stack, the uh, lower risk you have, but the lower rewards. The highest risk reward will be on the layer one blockchain, because that's where all the value will, 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 will flow up. But it's highest value, highest risk. We view layer one blockchains, which is Bitcoin, Cisco, Ethereum, as court systems. They need to be combative to the external forces that we don't control, even in the software world, in the real world, like inflation, hyperinflation, wars. These systems need to be secure from that. And this is why we view Bitcoin as the gold standard for security and decentralization. What else does the world need? You know, what else does the world cherish when you have something like Bitcoin? How can we extend that to something else where we can take advantage to build real world utility? This is where Ethereum comes in. For me, Ethereum is a gold standard for flexibility or general computation. We're trying to stick to the gold standards we know the world's going to cherish and, and develop on, and we put those two concepts together. And this is what Syscoin is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome. The main event is here, the moment you've all been waiting for. The Black Conservative Summit. We've been hyping this one up all week. Good to be here. Thank you to all of my guests, Jason Whitlock, Sonny Johnson, Jeff Charles, and Uncle Hotep joining us tonight for a very invigorating and insightful conversation regarding black power black culture coonism and we're also going to talk about white lives matter real quick the rules are such we are going to allow people to cut other people off however if the individual says hold on let me finish my thought then i will mute whoever was cutting somebody off and allow that person to finish the thought but i want to keep the conversation nice and fluid and flowing um, the, the best questions in super chats will be able to be inserted in the conversation somewhere as long as you are on topic and the rest will be read out at the end. There are no time limits for everybody's speech. However, I ask my guests to keep it short. Now, without further ado, we're going to hop right into the spiciest topic of the subject, coonism. A lot of people, um, have called many black conservatives coons. Whoever that is, please meet yourself. Who is that? Hey, me. I'm going to just mute. Hey, me. It's Sunny. I knew it was Sunny. It was Sunny. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
we want to find out exactly what is a coon, how we feel about the term coon, et cetera, et cetera. And we are going to start off with none other than Hotep's been told you own Uncle Hotep. Uncle Hotep, welcome to the platform once again. Give us your thoughts on coonism and, and what makes up a coon. You love hearing yourself talk, man. Got get to the goddamn point. God damn. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Can I can I allow people time to get into the room? Can I do my thing? I, I mean, can I do my coonism. thing? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I, I I just think it's you know it's overblown. I think it's overused. You know. Uh, on one hand, you know, I, I just live, uh, I told people I, I was listening to Clarence Thomas's, uh, you know, one of the books he's wrote, you know, about his come up and stuff like that, you know, and in the vast majority, I'm talking about black people online, you know, that's a big difference between online and offline, but, you know, black, the Twitter spaces, you know, I guess the vast majority will call Clarence Thomas a coon, you know, and this is a, a well accomplished man, you know what I'm saying, you know. Uh, on the other hand, I just see a Suki Santana. Is it Saucy Santana? Saucy Santana and Trina with the most, you know, uh, a a political ad to get black men to vote. And, and a lot of people had complaints about it. And, you know, the repository is, well, we got to talk to them where they, we got to reach people where they are. You know, um, now, where's what's Coonan? Which one is Coonan? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know. You know, I just think, you know, it's, you know, in in this, you know, in our culture, it's like, it's like me and you joking. We call it like Coon, but you know, as, as some people take it, you know, it's almost fighting words and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I I just think we should be able to have a wide variety of uh, thoughts and stuff like that. But. Um, I guess it's supposed to be selling out. But if 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 Clarence Thomas is selling out, why isn't Suki Santana and Trina selling out? Jeff Charles, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so to me, I mean, I guess the traditional meaning of the word coon, which I don't really like using in any serious way, like Uncle Hotep, I might use it with my cousins or friends as a joke, but not as something serious. But most people would agree, like say like the character Steven from Django Unchained dude was a coon but nobody uses the word in that in that context anymore to nowadays coon is any black person who says some shit that i don't like that that's what that's the definition and to piggyback off what, what uncle hotep said about us being able to have different viewpoints on different matters the word coon is used to shame people into not doing that so i don't really i don't give a lot of credence to the term because it really doesn't mean anything anymore it doesn't mean what it used to because I mean, yeah, I think to a certain extent, there are black people who play in that role. But even that, I, I, I mean, nowadays, I'm, I don't really call anybody that term. At the most, I might say somebody's engaging in some coonish behavior, like that stupid video. But that was some minstrel show cooning, cooning type behavior. I'm sorry, it, it is, it is. And I don't, I don't care what political affiliation they are, that, that was ridiculous. And it, it, I don't know, I, I, I can't co-sign that stuff. But in answer to the question, I don't think the word has much meaning because really, it's just used to try to shame people into silence, and that's it. Mm. Sonny, what are your thoughts? You're yeah. muted. Hey, hold on, we gotta unmute Sonny. <laughs> Sonny, unmute yourself. 
There you go. Better? You yep. got me? Yeah. All right. So I guess I'll kind of go with the uh, Supreme Court interpretation of pornography. You know it when you see it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and that that's the way I that's the way I look at it. When you use it and you say blanket, like, oh, the left just uses it to dismiss. That's not true. That's part of it. But then there's a whole bunch of motherfuckers that, like, Jeff tried to be nice about it and said, have Kunish. No, they tap dance. They um, completely separate themselves from the culture. Uh, then they come back and try to monetize the culture in some kind. Like you, you know what Coonan is when you when you see it. Is it overused by the left? Of course. You know what I'm saying. They overplay their hand on on like every single subject with every single word that is in the human vernacular. But um, you you can't pretend all these people out here talk about I'm not black. I'm American. Uh, it's all one race, human race. Like, okay, no. Like, you, you're not even going on how the founders set up the country if you want to talk in a historical context. The founders acknowledged race. So what the hell are you now to come back and say what, they were wrong? And if they were wrong about, you know, um, the acceptance of race a, 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 as a metric in humanity, what else were they wrong about? And you get into a territory that the left loves to push you into in terms of looking at the Constitution as being out, outdated or not being relevant today. So you can make a hundred different arguments in a hundred different ways um, why their behavior is, uh, it is um, off-putting to Black people. And, and I'll say it like that. Um, yeah, I ain't gonna take up time. Jason, what are your thoughts? Well, as I think I'm clearly the oldest person in this deal. And so I actually remember a time, I never heard this word really when I was growing up. That was not, people said Uncle Tom, uh, but just coon was just not this popular word that it is now and uh I, I certainly think it's overused i think it's used against people uh, who who don't get on board with what popular culture says black people should be and how they should present themselves we never hear the term used against blood crips gangster disciples all the people that will basically shoot an N-word on site. We never accuse them of cooning. They, they keep it black. And so when, when I think of what cooning is, it's just someone whose agenda is to damage black people. If I were to give some, if I was in charge of Webster's Dictionary, I would say it's someone whose agenda is to harm black people. That's a coon. I don't know how many people fit into that box, but you know, I have gang members, I, I would think tend, tend to fit that description to some degree. Although, you know, I'm friends with a lot of gang members uh, and some of them think they're in a gang for the right intentions, protect their neighborhood, blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
And then the, the last part I would say as it relates to uh, Sony's point is that I have take Isaiah Thomas, uh, NBA legend, uh, strong commitment to uh, uplifting, helping, empowering black people. He's someone that I've had long discussions with. He thinks race is a false construct that there is that we should not accept this labeling of black. And again, we here, we've had long discussions about it. I don't fully understand it, his point of view, but trust me, Isaiah Thomas is looking out for doing business with empowering people that look like him. And then I would say that, and Isaiah doesn't come at it from this perspective, but then I also think there are a lot of people that are faith-based Christians, and it's not that they don't look to the founding fathers, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, those guys to define who they are. They look to God and in the Bible it's just not there. Mm. Uh, race just isn't there. There's conflict between Jews and Gentiles that people have interpreted and analogized to uh, a racial conflict, but it's really not. It's, it's people of the Jewish faith and non-Jewish people. And so those people that really have a sincere uh, faith in God, I've seen them reject authentically, like, hey, God doesn't see me that way. God defines my worldview and interpretation. There's not some magical white people from the 1700s and certainly not some magical white people from 2022. They don't just define, they don't decide, define my worldview. God does. And they, they reject the racial construct on those bases. And I think they do it sincerely with no uh, evil intent. Very, very great answers. Before we move on to the next topic, does anybody have anything they want to add or supplement to the conversation on that topic? Removing, removing the, the issue of race is the equivalent of taking down Confederate statues. You're, you're, you're taking out history. So you can say it's not biblical. Okay. It's not, uh, that's an argument you can have if, if that's, if, if you want to, but white men put it into how the world navigates, right? So black people, we didn't have a choice in that. Like we didn't get to vote about how the race hierarchy uh, played itself out. And, it, and, and not only did they do that and insert race into, uh, into humanity, but they also had the power and domination all around the world to make it the history of record. You know, so even now you could be like, oh, it would be a feel good kind of moment to be like, oh, there's no race and we're, but no, it, it, we're still filling out forms where we have to put race on because of statistical data needed for government. So like, at what point is the race allowed in the system, which it, it primarily is, and our reality that is just a part of history as it was written, right? So 
we can sit there and we can say, uh, objectively, objectively speaking, I wish history wasn't written this way, but you don't get a rewrite. This is how history was written. The winners, the oppressors, the colonizers, whatever you want to call it, they were the ones who got to define what the world looked like after their victory. And this is what they chose. And if you think about it, and even with America, with that being an option, so you could have said, okay, race is an option. We, don't, we found in America, we're not going to bring race as an option into our America. We're going to be colorless. The founding fathers did not do that. They left race as a metric. So as long as race is a metric, everything they wrote, everything they created, every way the system was set up has that as a metric. Taking that away, taking that away does fundamental damage to the overall story and the truth of what actually happened. You can't tell, you cannot tell American history without explaining race. You cannot tell our full story without including and acknowledging that race has and um, has been a metric the entire time America was starting to form, did form, fought itself fought a war, a world war, fought a second one, race was always a metric. So like trying to take it out now because it, it, it gives you comfy feelings, that no, you're not gonna cry to me over a statue or something like that being pulled down and then be like, hey, let's erase this entire metric that was used to shape societies and let's just pretend it never happened. That's unrealistic and lazy. I, I would think that uh, people that believe that way of faith, it, it just comes down to who they actually believe is the founder and gets to define their worldview. And so I, I think they would take myself, and again, I, I don't, I'm a journalist, I talk and write about race and have built a career talking and writing about race. I can go either way, but I, I understand the people that, uh, because I have that mentality of nobody defines me, but me and God, and I could care less what the world, what the world is doing. Uh, and again, when someone is of <clears throat> strong, committed faith, you know, they feel like they're visitors to this world and that the real world they're going to send to uh, defines their worldview and, and their take. And I think they have a right to have that position. I don't, I don't begrudge anyone their faith. You're more than welcome to your faith. Um, I have four pillars that I follow and faith is one of those pillars. But you like if you're having a political argument or a political conversation, now we're rendering unto Caesar at this point. You know what I'm saying? You keep for God what belongs to God, and then you render unto Caesar that which belongs to Caesar. When we walk into government, we are now walking into Caesar. Are we going to pray to God before we walk to Caesar? Yes. Are we going to have... Uh, are there are some people, though, Sonny, that, that just don't participate in politics. Yes. I've never voted. I could, I could really give a fuck less about the political system. 
and and there are people that just don't care. And again, I get that you live in that space, but not everybody does. Not not, and people have a right not to live in that space. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can't say I, I'm not going to live in that space, and then come in and tell those of us who are in the political space that we have to operate in an unrealistic way because of your faith. So you have every right to say, I am a, I'm colorblind and I'm, I'm this, that, and the other. Okay, you can be that in your world. But when you come and you start talking about politics and I'm asking you to live in reality of what the system is, what Caesar rendered, then you pray to God, you get your strength, you bring him with you, you have him by your side in the fight, but you are still now in a political realm. You have moved around. It was your choice to do so. And now that you're talking to me about politics in this space, you can't tell me I'm colorblind. You can't, you can't tell me, well, because of my faith. If we were talking about faith, that would be a different discussion I would be more than willing to have with you. But if we're talking about politics, you can't insert that in because we're in a completely Where's this argument space. being had at? I, I watch a lot of stuff, but I, I haven't seen this argument being played out. What, what argument is that? I, I'm not aware of these conflicts between believers and political people that are saying, hey, you have to see things this way because this is how I see it as it relates to race or whatever. I, I'm, where is it being played? Well, I, well, I watch a lot well one thing I've seen. Uh, Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, one thing that I've seen, that I've seen a lot, way too many Christians do is they want to be disengaged from the process, which is their choice. But I've seen a lot of Christians say that other Christians shouldn't be involved in politics. That's, you know, conforming to the pattern of this world. You shouldn't be talking about race. You shouldn't be talking about politics. That should be separate from, from church. And if you're a Christian, you're not of this world anyway. So you shouldn't be as involved in politics. You shouldn't be dealing with this stuff. Now, I don't agree with that, but that is a, a, a far too common belief that I have seen even just growing up. Well, let, me, let me hop in there. Um... White conservatives, I've seen, I'm not going to say all of them or a percentage, but some of them have said, you know, drop the black stuff. You're American. Mm. You guys seen that before, right? Is there, oh, any, yeah. is there any credence that. to that? You guys agree with that? Disagree with that? But why, what, what do their words have any bearing on, on you, you anyway? Like, what difference does it make? Like, like if that's their point of view, so be it. You don't have to agree with it or anything. I, I, I see that a lot, that... You know that, that people quote the white the the quote unquote white conservatives will say hey drop your blackness and stuff like that and you know there are some blacks that do drop the quote unquote drop the blackness but if some don't, don't want to do that then that's fine you know I'm back to Conan you know what I mean like if if I I just think if some people have whatever reason they're like hey like you know with, like I said about religious reasons or something like that they, they just consider themselves human beings or whatever i mean hey that's that's on them I, I don't i mean i just don't think it's is it fair that we call them coons because they have a different belief system than than we do you know i i i just think you know I, I, a lot of people say live and let live and you know what i mean and stuff like that so i i just think uh you seems know, pretty uh, harmless to me is i guess is what it's and again take i'm t isaiah thomas 
doesn't come at it from a religious perspective. This dude's really educated, he's really smart. He may be dead wrong, but he authentically believes race is a false construct that white bigots actually came up with to oppress us and disenfranchise us. I mean, yeah, it's hard for me to explain, but over the years, we've I talked about my show, and we talked about it probably for a good 30 minutes, and he's not coming at it from a religious perspective, and he's not coming at it from a sellout perspective. He's saying we've been sold a bill of goods, and racist people did it to use it as a weapon against us. And I would say that that, that is true. But the second part of what that what goes with it is that they won the war. I mean, they won the propaganda war. They won the war. So they wrote the history. So for us, we can't take that out of history and 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 just uh, pretend it didn't happen. It it did happen. And these country and these countries. Um, colonized vast swaths of the entire world where they were dominating. And again, spreading this as the primary source of education. So can you say that, yes, these white, bigoted, racist people created the concept of race, um, so it, it is a construct? Okay, yes, all of that is true. But we have operated under that construct for two, 3,000 years now. You can't erase what has happened. I mean, not 2000, I, I got that all yeah, wrong. I, 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 yeah, I, I'm sorry, I six, 700 I, years now, six, 700 years now, we've been operating under that construct. So how are you gonna tell the history of that time if you remove the construct? And, I don't know if you have to remove is. it. I don't know if you have to, but you know, there's a lot of things that were commonplace for a long time that we've moved beyond. Uh, you know, here in America, slavery would be one thing. Women couldn't vote. There's a lot of things that were custom that we eventually over time rejected and progressed and moved forward. And I think that would be their argument. It's like, yeah, it's been around a long time, but we need to move beyond it, just like we needed to move beyond women not being able to vote, uh, black people being slaves here in this country. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we have established as a part of the culture that. Do you agree you know, with that, Jason? What's that? That idea that you just explained how they think. What what part of the idea? Because I unpacked a lot. Um, you know, the fact that we can move beyond race or should move beyond race. I mean, it's certainly not going to happen in my lifetime or yours. Uh, uh, it, as a Christian and as a believer, uh, yeah, I think we would be best served. Again, I don't think it's going to happen in my lifetime or uh, anybody living's lifetime. But would we be better served? Yes. If, if, you know, again, the whole conceit of my show and my narrative is like, if we don't return to biblical values, we're doomed. And the, the further and further we walk away from a biblical worldview, uh, the more divisive and chaotic things have become. And so, yeah, I mean, my whole message of my show is like, we got to return to the church. We got to return to the Bible. And I'm somebody that has lived as sinful a life as you possibly can. 
uh, but figured out that, uh, wow, things have gotten so crazy in terms of the drag queens at schools and uh, the transgender issue and things have gotten so crazy that I'm just like, man, I got to get back to God and this country got to get back to God because we just, we're nuts right now. Hmm. I mean, how extreme is it? I mean, like ideal wise, they're trying to move past the idea that only women can have babies. So, mm-hmm. you know, getting rid of race <laughs> may not be as extreme. Uh, you have to have the, the powers that be behind it, but they're trying to say, hey, men can have babies now. You know what I mean? And, 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 and if we don't push back, you know, that's going to be established, like it or not, in the West at least. You know, so... I don't know. It, it should race be abolished? I mean, I don't know. I think I think a thousand years from now, it probably it probably should be, you know, or by now, you know, by then or something like that, you know. But I don't know. I I kind of do think they're using it to, you know, um, you know, divide and conquer, if you will. Uh, but you know, at the present time, you like you know, Sonny said, you know, that, that I mean, this is what it is, you know. So I I understand it as well. I mean, even back in biblical times, you still had differences. I mean, there were different types of Jews. You had Pharisees, you had Sadducees, you had the Essene Jews, you had the Zealots. Then you had Romans, you had Gentiles, Greeks. I mean, I mean, I, I can't remember which epistle it was, but Paul even talks about confronting Peter to his face because he was being a bigot. Now, I don't know if that would classify as racism or a different type of bigotry, but I mean, it, it's not a it's not a new thing. So, I mean, I think that eventually we probably will get to that point again, not in our lifetimes. But I mean, I think there's a way to do it without forgetting the history, without whitewashing the history and without even w- without even just like ignoring differences between different cultures and ethnicities. I think that's always going to be a part of it, because, again, that's always been an, that's always been a thing since really the beginning, beginning of time. There's been different types of people, different types of traditions, different types of religions, yada, 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 so on and so forth last night on episode 224 of hotep's been told you uncle hotep said there is no such thing as white supremacy (laughs) to my panel i ask you first uncle hotep i'd like you to clarify and to my panel i'd like you to respond to that comment agree disagree uncle hotep can you please clarify or expound upon that point like I, you know, I I think you're thinking of the terms of the '80s and '90s, quote unquote. You know, the Dr. Khalid Muhammad, the Malcolm X's, and all that. You know, white quote unquote white supremacy. I'm I'm trying to say last night, you know, that the white supremacy that you try to play up, that your old alter ego that you killed, Ali Shakur, used to talk about all the time, isn't doesn't exist. <laughs> And, you know, I, I think we, what I think happened, now this is what I, I usually, I try to think that, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, black people, like we may, we, we were trying to um, explain some of the, the things that have happened to us and we just lumped it into white supremacy. You know what I mean? That's the, you know, that's what, the way we saw it back then. What I think now it's, you know, we have like, corporations is is a much bigger oppressor than this quote unquote white supremacy i think you just by saying white supremacy you're letting a lot of people off the hook you know i mean we just spent 
how many years on a lockdown? Was that white supremacy or was that the big boys, the big companies? You see what I'm saying? Don't try to call me out with, with this BS, man. I know what I'm talking about, Hotep Jesus. You see how he tried to do me? Hey, chat. You see, you see, he tried to put hey, me chat. on the grill. All right, hey, yeah, that's cool. But that's hey, what chat. I'm trying to say. But you can't just say those last two years where people couldn't get jobs, where people were fired because they wouldn't take something in their arm was because of quote unquote. What 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 caused that? Was that white supremacy, Mr. Shakur? Chat, last night you guys watched the show. He was, he was, he, he, see, he's like to play victim now, but last night on the show, I wrote it down in pencil on his piece of paper and said, we're going to bring this up. Now he want to act all brand new. Anybody else like to comment on that? Is there, Charles, let's go to you. Is there such thing as white supremacy and, and how would you define that? Uh, in a word, no, not, at least not the way certain people make it sound. Now, have there been systems in this country that have been design, designed to put white people ahead? Yes. Do some of them still exist? Yes. But to me, white supremacy is, is the idea that white people are supreme. And there are people who believe that, and they're not all white. So in that instance, yes, the belief of white supremacy, I think I do think that exists. But I don't see white people as supreme to me in any way, shape, or form. I see that there are systems that have been designed to do to to achieve a certain objective that is putting black and brown people and everybody else behind white people but i do not view it as supreme i don't like i guess i don't like the term i don't like the word maybe if they came up with something else and plus again that's yet another term that has been so muddy because it applies to everything now it applies to you know if, if a white girl touches a black girl's hair that that's somehow a sign of white supremacy whereas most people will just see that as annoying or maybe even borderline racist whatever but they the, the term has been diluted so much that Honestly, I can't even figure out what it means anymore because it depends on who's saying it. And again, it's just yet another word to use to, to describe something that I don't like. So I don't really deal with the term that much because I think it's it, it's I think it's kind of silly at this point. Let's go to Jason and then we'll um, have uh, Sunny weigh in. Jason, is there a system? Is there a white supremacy, or how would you define? So, uh, white supremacy as a do you see systemic racism as something different? Because I think mm -hmm. many people have combined those two. Right. And mm -hmm. so uh, I actually, white supremacy, I ain't really buying it. Systemic racism, yes, I buy. That uh, makes sense. I, yes. That's I, I what I was trying to that, get to. <laughs> yeah. I think that my argument is we've identified the wrong perpetrators of systemic racism. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that the left and I authentically white liberals have constructed a system of systemic racism. It's played out in our popular culture, the lanes and opportunities we're offered throughout popular culture are, again, I've been for a solid 10 years, I've been telling my friends, are y'all not watching this? They putting black men in the gay lane. And I'm, I started this 10 years ago. I was like, are y'all watching these commercials? Are y'all watching the way we're being portrayed in movies and all this? These white liberals in Hollywood are, are driving us like cattle into the gay lane. And, and that's a system of racism. 
having been out in LA for 10 years, working in TV at a high level, I saw the games that were played by these white liberals and who and and how they would run and jump a thousand feet to get over the top of a smart black person to land on top of an idiot who they could control and put that person and who was compromised, I, you know, I, I'm gonna be careful. I, don't, I forgot there's a bunch of people watching. I ain't gonna call no names, <laughs> but who are compromised and got all kinds, and they're idiots. And let's elevate them and place them as the leaders of a conversation. Trust me, there's a reason why the five of us are on Zoom and not on cable TV holding this conversation because they don't want this conversation out there in the sphere. And that's why Don Lemon, Joy Reid, uh, and uh, what's the dude, Capel Hart. It, it, you know, to be a black dude and get on one of these major networks and talk politics, you got to be gay. Uh, and so I believe in systemic racism. I do not believe in white supremacy. Uh, you know, and, and just as it relates to just racism in general, I put it all under the category of just unfairness. Unfairness is a part of the world. And if you uh, raise your hand or uh, make yourself a mark and easy prey in this world, you will be preyed upon. And so uh, that unfairness will, will visit you regardless of what color you are. You know, our whole little thing about slavery, we act as if every ethnic group on the planet has been enslaved at some point. That's just a fact we have to deal with. And, you know, and again, it's just like with the woman king, I'm mad at them people over in Dahomey. They're the ones that was capturing us and selling us over to Europe. We don't ever want to deal with that. That was us. We did that to ourselves. So anyway, I'm rambling, but yes, I believe in systemic racism. I don't believe in white supremacy. Well said, Sonny Johnson. So I'm going to tie that back to everything we've been talking about. The difference between the Dahomey in Africa, the slave trade, the Black people that were collecting us and selling off, us off into slavery, it wasn't done based on the concept of race. Like you said, at that time, the concept of race didn't exist. It was conquerors. The winner won. The, and the loser was enslaved and knocked down. It was the way of the world. It was just how it was. Again, it didn't become race until Europe started it, until white people started it. Then it became, it wasn't conquerors. It wasn't, oh, we're just stronger than you. It, it wasn't, oh, we beat you, so this is the consequences of that. It was, you are savages. And we must come in 
and, and give you basics of, of humanity and for your own sake while we rob and plunder everything out, we can say mm -hmm. we're doing it um, with, with sweetness in our hearts because y'all are savages. So it turned, it changed, this is how this, if you can't leave this part out because it's fundamental to how the world starts to look now. White people were enslaving white people. What, what, white it, people were enslaved. And then if somebody starts selling pussy, men are going to show up and buy it. Hold, hold on, hold on. If, it if, wasn't that's based, just that's the history of the world. Hold on, hold on, hold on. gonna show up and buy. It. Hold on, hold on, and Jason. If, if, if the homies got the best pussy and they selling it everywhere, men are gonna get on ships and go buy that pussy. Jason, hold and, on. Oh, we J pussy. Well, J go ahead. Hold on. I want to. I want to let let us. I want to hear what she got to say because she was on the roll. Finish what you were saying, Sonny. So the whole point, is, and so that when you say, well, white people were traded to no. Weak people were taught, put into slavery. Black people, white people, every from every civilization, from every the weak were put into slavery, and the powerful we opened up dominated. a whole house, and people started coming to the homey and every place else. What the hell does that have to do with the price of tea in China? That has nothing to do with what I'm saying right now. It, it does, because you're trying to act like the Europeans are sitting around going, oh, they, since they're selling black people, I'll go over here and buy. They was enslaving white, black, whomever, and then we started, in Africa, we started selling our own. It was like, oh, well, hell, someone's selling it? No, Let's just go over had, here and take what's had, being sold. It had been, slavery had been happening before white people came and saw black people. Whoever the whole point was, will get bought. Let, let it finish, let it finish. Whole, the whole point was, it had nothing to do with race. It was built on dominance and weakness. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't that white people were more dominant. Well, and black people were weak. No, there were dominant white people. There were uh, weak white people. There were dominant black people. There were weak black people. The dominant ones won. It wasn't a matter of race. Europeans came along and changed that concept where it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't about, oh, we just dominated you or, oh, we just beat you. It's no, you, we are superior because we are white and you are savages because you are of pigmented skin. Like they are the ones who, who change the metric from pure dominance to having it based on artificial characteristics. You cannot tell the history of the world without acknowledging that fact because they won. And they are the ones who had the ability to shape everything that came after it. So are we at a point now where we're starting to reclaim parts of our history and we're starting to be able to piece, um, piece, um, uh, uh, put pieces together to actually get some, some of our history that we, you know, weren't presented with because we were over here in America. Yes, we've been open to a lot of that information. We're starting to learn a lot of that history, especially if you're really interested and you want to tap in. But if you do not talk about the victors of world dominance for hundreds of years 
and their and what they did in terms of education and what they did in terms of setting systems like you cannot understand where we are right now and what we need to do to get out so to take that point and go into the um, thing about white supremacy um white supremacy is for white people White supremacy has nothing to do with black people. White supremacy is all about white people. It has two basic functions. For white Democrats, it's to keep them in line, right? It is to try to reset their power structure, to feed them, to make them feel guilty, to have them getting on their knees, kissing your damn feet and looking utterly ridiculous. It, it, it is put in place as a control mechanism um, for white Democrats. For white conservative Republicans, it is a trigger mechanism. It makes them react. And the left knows exactly how they're going to react. So if they need the, white, the right to be distracted, if they need the right to be um, taken off of a, of, of a specific conversation or a specific topic, all they have to do is insert white supremacy. It doesn't matter what the incident is. It, it, none of, it, it doesn't matter. We've seen this repeat. You're like, how do we keep falling for it? Because it doesn't matter what the incident is. It matters what the white conservative Republican reaction is. As long as they continue to react the exact same way, then it continues to be a trigger. And I literally do this on my show all the time. Like, I will be like, I am going to trigger you by saying X, Y, Z. And I will say X, Y, Z, and you will still get triggered because that is the way it has been programmed and played out. It is not about the incident itself. It's not about the single event. It is about the reaction. And as long as the reaction remains the same, then they're going to continue to know that, that, that it is a weapon that they can use against conservatives when they need to, um, to distract them. The real name for white supremacy, like the way the left uses it, is progressivism. It, it is their ideology, right? So if you want to look and then that goes into understanding the systemic racism and understanding it's not it's not racism quote unquote because there's all the black democrats was right there cheering for it. it 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 is about an ideology where you have white democrats and black democrats that believe in the idea of bringing Marxism to America. Progressivism is simply America's form of Marxism. It is not um, what you're seeing right now, what we describe as systemic racism, mostly because it was specifically targeted to Black people and Black people are seeking redress on that. But what we're seeing is an ideology play itself out. Mm -hmm. Not not no white supremacy, not white guilt, not white privilege, none of that. Mm. What we're seeing is the inevitable conclusion of progressivism when you allow it to continue to metastasize itself in your country without cutting it off by its roots. 
You let it be in our communities and it was cool because it was just there. Now you're starting to see it spread all over the entire country. And you're like, oh my gosh, how did we get here? You let progressivism grow. You mm. let the seed be planted. You let it be watered. You let it be nurtured. And you did all of that without, without offering any opposition force to stop it in its tracks. So the real name for it in its, um, in its application today would be progressivism. But the way that, uh, the way that Democrats use it, it's just meant for white people um, and it's used as a weapon to control them. One way for Democrats and one way for Republicans, depending on when they need okay. to use it. Okay. Uh, I'll allow a little bit of debate to go on before we go to the next subject. We're going to talk about black culture and white lives matter. Jason, did you want to respond to that? I know you had a, a little bit of rebuttal earlier in regards to the slavery topic. No, I'm good. Okay. Wonderful. Jeff Charles, uh, uncle hotel, you want to add anything? You know, I'll say something when it comes to progressivism. This will be short. I mean, uh, Jason, you brought up what's going on in, in these schools and the effort to trans our children. This progressivism has gone outside of the black community, and we wonder why this stuff is happening. This stuff has been going on for over a decade, and a lot of us didn't even know about it. And this is a yet. An, this is just one of several ways that progressivism has gained power because the powers that be on the conservative side allowed it to happen, and it's frustrating. And now we're having to play we're having to play catch up and and it, it's it's tough <laughs> it's it's worse than a lot of us think it is i, I write about it all the time but th that's this is just one facet of how progressives are inculcating their ideology into into society and what if i could say real quick one of the things that uh jason said was like when he said he started to see like 10 years ago that that they started to turn black men into gay and um and put them in a gay sphere um that was after 2008 and the barack obama election um gay marriage was on the ballot in california and it was mm -hmm. slated to win um to pass um all the blacks showed up to vote for Obama. And when they showed up to vote for Obama, they voted against gay marriage. And that I was allowed of the uh, Democrats in Hollywood and California were furious. And that is the exact same time you start to see every single show, every single anything that has to do with black culture containing some kind of LGBT uh, factor into it. it. It was our punishment. It was like, you voted against gay marriage. This is how we're going to punish you. We're going to make you love us. And they had the power to do it through their propaganda wing. Mm. Mm. Wow. Um, see, this is why I like this conversation. I'm learning a lot. And I wanted to get... I, I also, you know, we have a lot of white conservatives that follow. I want them to get some insight on how real black conservatives think and how they view themselves. This is powerful. Let's hop into uh, the next subject and then we'll uh, come back to White Lives Matter. Um, what is black culture? You know, um, some people say, uh, you know, I've said in the past, you know, black folks don't have a culture. Uh, and some people say, you know, uh, the culture is the food and the dance and the music and all this other stuff. And uh, I would say those are peripherals of black culture. But, you know, I want to hear you guys out. Um, what is black culture? This time we're going to start with uh, we'll go Jeff Charles 
Jace, um, Jeff Charles, Jason, Sonny, then uh, let Uncle Hotep end it off. Uh, well, I mean, when I think of black culture, I do think of music. I mean, music has been very intrinsic to the black experience, especially if you're ADOS or FBA or whatever the kids are saying these days. I mean, even from the beginning of slavery, music was very integral in 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 slavery. You know, you got, you got the spirituals that they sang and stuff that they brought over from the country. Like people clown because of the banjo. The banjo came from Africa. We we invented that. So I think that's part of the the history, which is part of culture. I would say music. I would say traditions. Um, just off the top of my head, you know, jumping the brew when you get married or other traditions that Black people have. Uh, food. I mean, food is part of it as well. I mean, these are things that are facets of different of, of all cultures. They have their own type of food own traditions, music, history, customs, things like that. Um, and it difference it, it does differ by region, but there are certain things that 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 unite it. So I would say all of the things that that a lot of the things that we have contributed to this country, um, as far as our, our inventions, our, our music, the things that we come up with, our style of dress, all of that stuff. I'd say all that stuff are parts of black culture. I think it's too there's too there's too, there are way too many things to list. I think there are a lot of different aspects uh, that would uh, make up black culture in America. Uh, Hotep, Brian, I, I can't, I, uh, I'm reluctant <laughs> to call you Hotep Jesus, you know that. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm with you. I think that black culture has been completely obliterated from America. And it's whatever uh, Hollywood or the influence and tastemakers tell us it is that day. Again, I said I've lived for 55 years. And so uh, I've watched black culture. Oh, it's cornrows. That's black culture. Oh, no, it's dreadlocks. That's black culture. Oh, it's, it's we just jump from whatever one well, thing. Can, can I ask a question on that, though? Yeah. So, so if it's been obliterated, then what would you say black culture was before it was obliterated? That's what I was, that was going to be my, thank you. For I read you. your mind. That was <laughs> and so what black culture had been was our relationship with God. And uh, if I make the argument that the black Christian uh, male from going back to Richard Allen and the establishment of the African Methodist Church here in the 1700s, uh, the Black man had been Amer America's moral compass, leading all the way through uh, Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. And uh, the left has set about destroying that, and they have destroyed it. And I think if you, my argument has been that the Black people's struggle in America uh, is what actually made America great. And it's what put America on steroids, what made America live up to the ideals that it expressed in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. If it wasn't for Black people, America would have never ascended to the heights uh, that it did. And, and from Richard Allen to Frederick Douglass to Booker T. Washington to uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King holding America accountable and pressuring America to live up to the things written in its constitution, promised in the Declaration of Independence. That's what made America great. And that's our religious faith and resilience uh, was what, to me, defined African-American culture. 
It's been totally destroyed. And now it's whatever Hollywood tells us that week. And if, if Hollywood, again, right now, Hollywood is in the process of telling us that being gay is black. And we're hopping on board with that. Sonny. Um, again, let's let's tie all these conversations together that we were talking about, right? Um, why why did why do black people need a culture in America? Why 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 do we even need one? Why do we have one? Right. First and foremost. Outside of the people, the black people that were already here before the white people came, um, those who were brought over on the slave ships, they were stripped of their culture. They were separated from it, completely taken um, um, maybe able to remember bits and pieces, passing bits and pieces <clears throat> down, certain traditions down. But in, 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 in the overall view of it, they had our, they, we had our culture completely removed. Um, and now we're here and we're slaves. Why do we need a culture? Because we're not accepted into white culture, right? We can't just go and be like, you know what? I don't think it'll be, I don't want to start a black culture. How about you just let me join your white culture? Like, no, you did not have the ability to do that. It wasn't a choice. So through force, we were we had to develop our own culture so we're in a strange land in a strange place trying to figure everything out we began to develop our own culture so when like when people say like why does there need to be one Be because white people made it necessary to have one if you would have allowed us into your culture from the beginning then it wouldn't have been necessary for us to form our own. And then we can look at the ones who wanted to form their own and say, well, you could have joined us. You could have been a part of this, but you're acting outside of us. That's not the way it was, right? So you take that and you go and you start to build a black American culture. And I'm like using names like Frederick Douglass. I'm like using names like, uh, like Booker T. Washington. Um, and you build up this black culture, this way of thinking, the way uh, Frederick Douglass did it, bringing in the idea of the individual and keeping that at the forefront, the way Booker T. did it, also bringing in the idea of the individual, bringing that to the forefront, having strong faith, having economic independence, having personal responsibility. That is the, the cornerstone of what Black culture was shaped off of. Then, again, along comes the progressives. The progressives take their ideology, they put their ideology with the culture, and then they start to spread it. And this is where you get the Harlem Renaissance. So they use the avenues of music. They use the avenues of poetry. They use the avenues of, of, um, spo of spoken words to be able to spread their ideology all across uh, Black neighborhoods, all across the country, um, without having to, to, to depend on intellect to be able to, um, to get their message across. So you had the people at the top who hung in their bougie groups, 
They were the intellectuals. They would come up with the intellect, quote unquote. Then they would take that intellect and they would spread it as a dispersal system throughout the culture. So now that, again, you're starting to see the outcome of that um, cultural and intellectual influence that progressives have together, where they're running Hollywood, they run music, they run TV, they run every single asset that um, has an entry point for Black people to ascend into the culture. So at this moment, we do have um, a Black culture with the top controlled by progressives. But I think that there's also uh, a big fight happening within the culture as a lot of people within the culture begin to acquire wealth and start to become financially independent. You're starting to see a lot of them um, begin to change from being materialistic to looking more at investment and how to leave long-term wealth and legacy for their kids. So I would just say we have a culture that's in flux. Um, it is continuously growing and changing and the fights that are happening in the culture right now um, is really going to decide what it looks like in the future. Jason, you, you make a lot of faces over there. You want to respond to that? Uh, no, I'm good. Unc, what's on your mind? Tell us. What is black culture? The electric slide and return of the Mac. <laughs> he wasn't supposed to bring his soundboard. <laughs> no, but seriously, um, I don't know. I, I kind of think, you know, you know, different regions are different, you know, north, south, east, west. You know, if you wouldn't just talk about how black people act and, you know, their 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 um their their tendencies and stuff like that, it's gonna be different, you know, in whatever region. But you know, I, I understand you know what's sunny and then it's been and Jason said it's been infiltrated, you know, it's been so much directed by Hollywood, you know, and, and the machine, it can dictate what we do, you know what I mean? What's, what's going to be hot. But on, on the other hand, you know, I, is it, it's so intertwined now. It's not, it's a lot different. You know, I'm, 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 I'm not old as Jason, but I'm getting there. You know, it, I remember when I was young, there was a clear separation with what whites did and what blacks did, but now it's year 2022. And it's like, I would say, we're just part of the American culture, whatever that means. You know what I mean? Because I see a lot of people. We do we 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 do the same things. We 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 trade it. I know some people try to, to uh, what's the word for it? Uh, safeguard or uh, I, 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 the word's missing me. We tr we try to gatekeep. gatekeep. Yeah, gatekeep. Thank you. Uh, what think um we do you know what i mean because you know what's the big thing they say online when they see a white person yeah uh, a black person go oh we can't have nothing you know what i mean but i mean we're meant to share it you know what i mean i i just kind of think you know it's is it black culture you know i i think it's black is it black american culture or just american culture you know i i think it's a clear difference but when you see nigerians and ghana and americans you see Jamaican immigrants over here. Jamaicans say it again. Jamaicans, they have a culture. 
and culture is important. Uh, it's a clear difference. You know what yeah. I mean? So Tell them again, I, Jason. Culture is important. Again, Asians have a unique culture, and they're crushing it here in America. And uh, Italians have a unique culture. Wouldn't say they're crushing it, but again, they they place an importance on family and whatnot. And we just seem to accept whatever culture white liberals hand us when they pass the joint to us or a bottle of Hennessy, uh, and and you know, offer up one of their women to bang, we just hop on board. And not that I, anybody watching, I don't have a problem with it. But uh, I, I'm just saying, we just, whatever the white liberals tells us is our culture, we accept. We don't have the balls to establish and and uh, commit to a culture that serves us well. We, we just, we wait for... Uh, whoever their MK ultra is in Hollywood that has black skin to tell us what to think in that moment. And at that particular time, next year, it'll be something different. So uh, just to reiterate, you said Jamaicans have a culture, but the FBA ADOS don't. No, we do not. We're waiting to see. We're waiting for what the Twitter algorithm tells us. Did you hear that uncle Hotep? No. <laughs> yeah. I, I see. Uh, you know, I, I understand the arguments uh, that it, it's being influenced by a lot of the white progressives. I even buy the whole infiltrated thing. I don't buy that black culture has been completely obliterated. I, I, I can't. It doesn't make sense. There are still far too many black people who are still devout, who are still going to church and having a relationship with Christ, working hard to raise their, their family. So I, I don't think that it's accurate to say that it's been obliterated. But I do I do do I think that people have taken advantage of it and monetize it use it for their own good? Yes, and they're still doing it. And they and these people have crept in, and they have too much way too much influence. I do agree there. Sunny, you was about to say something. Um, you have a culture right now that has done more to keep black America looking at focused on and pushing towards capitalism than anything else in this freaking country, right? So again, stating that progressives came in, black progressives joined with white progressives. They had all the money, they had all the structure. So what you see as a representation of black culture is um, manufactured. Who we are, what we do in our family units, in our communities, that is our culture and who we are. And if you say, well, it's different in different regions, yes, because it is an American culture. And that's how America works. We are a republic. We are based on regional likes and dislikes, regional foods. So why would it not be different from Black America that Southern Blacks would have a slightly different cultural bend than Northern Blacks? And Western Blacks would have a different bend. And Texas Blacks will have a different bend. And you will get a different flavor from um, St. Louis. That is not something that is relegated simply to us. That is American culture, and any culture that um, that that operates in America and has populations spread out the entire country are going to have those differences appear in region. So I, I, I'll put it like um, I'll put it like this, right? So 
If you look at different cultures around the United States and you ask them who's their favorite rapper, right? Everywhere you go, you're going to get a different name, depending on the region, depending on who's hot wherever it is that you go to. But if you go to any of those rappers, you know, probably any of those rappers' houses, they're going to have they're going to have a, a poster of Scarface hanging up. So even though they're regionally different, different traditions, different foods, different activities, is that one thing, you know what I'm saying, that, that kind of threads them all together. And I, I could use different examples. I use Scarface uh, sp specifically for a reason, because if you're going to look and say um, it's Black culture, that's kind of where it came from that idea of you bucking the system, of you fighting back, of you not um, letting the system rule you, but finding a way to die, all of that stuff that you find in that uh, kind of genre uh, of movies. Though that was a commonality that you can see run through all of them. And again, I could use different examples. I just chose to use Scarface because it's a cultural um, metric that fits into, into the conversation. But if you look and you think of why like black culture is different, um, we were like, we were the only ones that needed to create God books to drive across the country. Mm. That's why we're different. We, um, we had to build black wall streets and learn how to trade and commerce amongst ourselves because we weren't allowed into the markets that were operating in, in America. That's why we're different. Like, again, it did not have to be that way. The founders could have chose to make it different and do something different, but they didn't. So this is the outcome of what we have now. And yes, we're very, very much American. So yes, we are very, very different depending on our region and, and um, have specific likes within, within those regions. But there are certain things that do tie us together. And I'll even laugh with uncle on that one. And the electric slide is one of those things, right? It, it is. Because you go to a wedding, you go to a black wedding, you go to electric slide. So wherever in the country you go, you know what I'm saying? You, you're going to have that. So that is like a part of it, you know, but you, we can say progressivism has dominance over our culture, but we also have to acknowledge that there is currently a fight happening within the culture to take over that level of dominance. And this again, like we were talking about when we were on, um, when we brought up like Kevin Hart, and looking at what he's doing and looking at the moves he's making, um, financially speaking, in terms of making sure you own your business, making sure you're not um, answerable to Hollywood. They don't hold you over the barrel as much as they uh, as much as they had the ability to do um, in the past. And you're starting to see them take all of that knowledge and give it back to generations that are coming after them. And they're doing that through the culture. So like, if you think about it, the, the, the public school system that is supposed to educate our kids about how to become uh, competent me members of society, the kids are failing 
they're not being educated, they're not learning basics, they need to actually be able to not even just compete in America, let alone uh, compete in a, in a global economy. And the only um, outside metric for that, not the family, not the home, we're going to trust you got good family and good home. But the only outside metric outside of that is the culture. And they do, at this time, have an ability to find people within the culture that has a message of entrepreneurship, ownership, parent, uh, being good fathers, being good parents, and, um, and good spouses, and creating legacies and leaving something for the generation that comes after them. Anybody got anything to add to that? Let me ask this question. This is requires a one word response. Yes or no. Uncle Hotep, do black people have a culture in America? <laughs> yes or no? What do you mean? To their own, you gotta be more specific with your question. Do they have one of their own? I think you should say, yes, they do have one, but it's being dictated. Okay. Jeff Charles? Yes. Jason? Yes. Sonny? Yes. Interesting. Very interesting. He <laughs> mm. <laughs> sound like a therapist. Very interesting. Well, you know, I, you know, a lot of times, you know, people think that, you know, I create the content, you know, just to be, you know, grifting or whatever. And obviously there's a little bit of grift involved here, but I like to have people shape my views of things. Right. And when I get to have all these people come together, it helps shape, shape, shape my view. Let's go on to the next subject. White Lives Matter. Kanye pulled out his White Lives Matter shirt this week. It's created a ton of uh, controversy. It's called Diddy of Fed. And uh, he's on Tucker. He's on Tucker again tonight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this time we're going to start with Sonny. We'll go Sonny, uh, Jason, Unc, Jeff. Uh, Sonny, uh, disagree or agree with uh, Kanye's White Lives Matter shirt? <laughs> disagree. <laughs> disagree. I'm not, I said it again, I'll say it again. I'm not Black Lives Matter, I'm not White Lives Matter, I'm not Blue Lives Matter, I'm not All Lives Matter. There are good and evil in every single group. And in those groups, there are some people's lives that just don't matter to me. And I'm not gonna sit and pretend I do to uh, that they that their lives matter to me to, to have some kind of uh, sim uh, self-righteous symbolism that I'm holier than thou. No, 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 no. Um, to certain people, your life does not matter. And I was sitting there looking at uh, the story out of um, Portland where they beat the life out of that man um, and kicked him, punched him, like 25 minute beating, ending with him bashing the man upside the head with a hammer. And I sat there and looked and I'm like, I'm supposed to say white lives matter? Like, it was a white guy that did it. I'm supposed to say white lives matter? 
Like, no, like, I hope they put your ass under the jail. Like, you know what I'm saying? I hope they find you and, and your body disappears in like the most gruesome way possible. Your life does not matter to me. But it goes the same to a, a, a thug that thinks that it's cool to go and have gunplay out by the playground with the kids on the, on, on the slime board. Your life. It, you know what I'm saying? Your life doesn't matter to me. Or a police officer that uses his badge to rape women. Your life doesn't matter to me. So uh, this is one of the reasons why I'm very, very staunch. You will never hear me say I'm pro-life because there are too many instances where I see evil and your life does not matter to me. Jason. Uh, I... Kanye is a provocateur and a publicity hound. And, and so, uh, you know, it's certainly not something I would do just because the, the, the whole racial idolatry that has taken over the country is unhealthy. And so, again, I certainly don't like Black Lives Matter and Latino lives matter or white lives matter, all that racial idolatry stuff is not good. But, you know, Kanye had a point he was trying to make. He's trying to put it in people's face and he wants to draw attention to the fact he thinks Black Lives Matter is a scam. And so as someone who in the media has been accused of and has sometimes been a provocateur, I get it. I just wouldn't have done it with this issue because we got so much racial conflict in this country that I would have avoided it. Uh, I'm probably a bit more critical of Candace Owens' involvement in it. You know, I, I see her as somewhat trying to be a media person and a journalist and, and so, participating in some celebrities publicity stunt not the role i think a journalist should play uh but i this morning i ended up writing about or mentioning on my show that uh all of it may just be publicity for candace's documentary that comes out on october 12th in five days mm. and so this whole thing may just be a publicity stunt to draw attention to her documentary about BLM and George Floyd. And uh, she's got a lot of pressure on her coming in behind that Matt Walsh, what is a woman deal. And so maybe that's what they're doing. Mm, mm, interesting. Uncle Hotep. What about it? Uncle Hotep, how do you, how do you feel about Kanye's White Lives Matter shirt. Do you agree with his stunt? Do you disagree with this stunt? Is it productive, anti-productive? Do you like it? Do you dislike it? I mean, I, I would, I would, I, he's grifting, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I mean, I don't understand it. He's just grifting to me. If it works for him, that's fine. You know what I mean? I, you know, I'm, I think the bigger question is, like our reaction, you know, reaction to it. Right? People are acting crazy, like insulted, like, oh my heart. I, I just seen somewhere it said, I'll never and I'll never listen to college dropout again. You know what I mean? Like this this is this is absurdity to me. I mean, 
And I mean, to me, no lives, to the elites, no lives matter is, is what is really going on. You know what I mean? They don't really care who you are, you know? So, I mean, it's, it's, there's got to be a bigger play here. I don't know if it's a documentary or something like that. You know, he's just going on this, you know, this media blitz. You know, I just think this, we got bigger, we got bigger stuff to worry about, you know what I mean? Than, than this t-shirt, you know what I mean? That everybody's like, oh, like, like. Come on now, like, are we are we being serious? Like, are we being serious with this? You know, it's it's just the T-shirt, it's just some words. You know, um, we got to go into what Black Lives Matter is, and we, I think we everybody know on this on this panel knows what it is. You know what they were. You know what I mean? So, I, it's it's just a distraction to me. Jeff, is it just a T-shirt? I, I thought it was a dumb stunt i thought it was really stupid and it brought out a lot of stupid from people got getting crazy over it like there's a lot of stupid going on over this whole thing i mean it, it's a grift i mean like uncle holotep said it's grift in season that, that, that that's all he was doing like he was trying to get attention candace owens has been using clout using kanye for clout for years so that doesn't surprise me at all i know she has a documentary com coming out that that's all this was like to me it's like I don't even like Kanye went on Instagram later and put BLM as a scam and it's over that like, well, no, you didn't end it. But the thing is, if he actually wanted to, to spark a conversation on that, he would have just put BLM is a scam. That would have been just as controversial. And we would be probably having a discussion about how the global organization is grifting and, and taking money and not doing with anything with it. Instead, he distracted from that by doing this stupid white lives matter crap. And then you got people on the, on, on the left talking about how this is uh, co-signing white supremacy and legitimizing white supremacists and white nationalists and yada, yada, yada. They even went to Ahmaud Arbery's mom to get her to say something so that they, they could use that to pull on people's heartstrings. <laughs> her, her lawyer issued a statement on her behalf. I don't know if she wrote it or if he did and had her co-sign it or whatever, but they use that woman because Kanye West put White Lives Matter on a, on a shirt. And I'm like, I'm done. This is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Like I was sick of it five minutes after it happened. And now we're talking about White Lives Matter when we could be talking about, like Uncle said, like there's so much more important stuff going on right now. And this stupid stunt is sucking up all the attention. Now I got to hear about all the interviews he's having with Tucker Carlson. I mean, that, that thing went on for two hours. So we're going to be happy. This, is, this interview is going to be going on for days and days and days. And I'm, I'm tired of it. I, I might just sign up, sign off the whole thing until it blows over. <laughs> Anybody got anything to add to that before we get to some, uh, before we start closing out? I, I love that take, uh, and I 100% I endorse that take. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so I want to I wanna leave the people with some nourishment. We've talked about what is white supremacy, what is black culture. We've broken everything down. Now on this channel, we say Hotep and build. That's something that Hotep Nation says, Hotep and build. You know, I preferred the term black power over black lives matter. I felt black lives matter was more victimization and black power had more victory and masculinity attached to it. When it's about what is building black power? How do we bring people back to what we believe is strong black culture? How do we rebuild black power? Is there something new we have to do? Or I believe, you know, people ask me, I fully believe we need to turn, return back to traditionalism. We need to look back backwards and see, you know, what, ha what, what worked for us. Um, we're going to go, um, 
Uh, who let off last time? We'll go Uncle Hotep, Jason, Jeff, and Sonny. Uncle Hotep, how do we rebuild the black family, rebuild black power, restore some dignity to our people? Turn the TV off. That's it. Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. You turn the TV off, you know, do something more constructive. Read. Go back, get spiritual. Go back to church. You know, uh, but that, that's, that's you know, that's my thing. You know, turn the TV off, turn the radio off. But, you know, we already discussed, we said that it's been mentioned multiple times how the elites Hollywood have, you know, corrupted our culture. How do they do that? What you see and what you hear. You know what I mean? If you control what you see and what you hear, then you'd be working with something. But that's, I mean, it's also, can I, I, I'm sorry for interrupting you, but I need you to clarify. And yeah. and the reason why you 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 sound like me in terms <laughs> you sound like you're 55 or 65. And I want to take you back and say, turn the TV off. Everybody's addicted to their phones. The TV well, is my, harming. My bad. My bad. Uh, the TV is harming. <laughs> the phone. You're right. You're right. You're right. Put the phone down. Put the phone down. You know what I mean? It's a combination of things. You know, it's like the TV, the phone, you know, we watched. The TV, then we comment on what we watched on TV on our phones. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it works hand in hand and stuff like that. You know, I, I understand like we have occasional, you know, um, watching, you know, some entertainment. We have some downtime during the week. But, you know, the numbers, and Nielsen will say it black people watch the most television. And, and you know, that's why we, they, they started, um, you know, some of these commercials are started to, you know, pointing towards us and stuff like that. You know, I think we got to, we got to control what we watch, you know? Uh, and if you want to, my dad always told me, if you want to watch TV, watch something constructive. You know what I mean? There's plenty of constructive stuff to watch. You know, I, I just think uh, if you, if you want to, we want to get to greatness. I think we have to control what, uh, what we're doing and with our, our eyes and ears. Well said, Uncle Hotep. Jason? Well, I think I said this at the beginning, you know, my solution is just, it's biblical and it's all connected to things that Uncle Hotep was just talking about. If you're going to get back to the family, first step is getting back to God. Marriage is a biblical covenant. It's a God institution set up. There would be no marriage if there was no concept of religion and God and whatever. And so, uh, by if we return black people, if we return to faith, then we'll understand the importance of family, man, woman, and child. Uh, and th that's everything we're witnessing that's going on with black people is all related to uh, the breakdown of our families. Plain, simple, end of story. We, it's like we sit around want to talk about the cops, the cops, the cops, and and the first police officers. Your kids need to be introduced. Should be called mom and dad. That's who should be policing your kids. If that breaks down and then you turn, oh, we're gonna let the the pole pole police our kids. Don't be surprised when you get results you don't like. Uh, and so uh, it's 
family and God. That that's that's our only way to fix any of this. Mm. We're gonna get to super chats after this. Jeff Charles, how do we restore the black family, black power, black culture? I mean, the first thing is what Jason said. I mean, I think faith for black Americans, especially uh, descendants of slaves has been vital. It's been essential. I, I believe that without our faith in God, we wouldn't have gotten through the things that we've gotten through. We wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have overcome the things that we've overcome. So that, yes, that, that is foundational. Can't ignore that at all because that's basically what everything else comes out of. But I think other than that is recognizing the problem. I think that we know that there are problems in the black community, but I think we tend to, to assume that they're all based on racism. But, you know, going back to what you said, Hotel, looking back, looking back to what to what our ancestors did under Jim Crow. I mean, I mean, racism, system, we'll talk about systemic racism, and you still had black Wall Streets you still had people thriving. It wasn't perfect. I mean, there was still plenty, you know, plenty of issues. I'm not downplaying it. But as a people, we figured out what to do on our own without relying on the government, without looking to the government. That doesn't mean that we ignore the government or that we don't do what we need to do to get the government out of our way. But first, I think we need to see that it's the government that's in our way. That it's the government that has contributed to so much of our problems. And that once we realize that, we realize that it's not the government that can fix it. That it's very rare that a government will fix the shit that it's done, right? I mean, even if it tries. So it, realizing that it's up to us and that we can do it, especially if we're, we're strong in our faith, if we're strong in our families, strong in our convictions, we can get to where um, we can get to where we have black power. And going back to the conversation you and I had a while ago, I mean. I get that there are a lot of black people who are angry at white people or they want to badger white people into giving us freedom or doing whatever. No, we, we, we can hotep and build on our own and invite the white people who want to help because what's going to happen is that there's going to be a ton of white people who want to help. We, we've seen evidence of that over and over again, white conservatives and progressives. There's a reason why Black Lives Matter got millions and millions of dollars in donations. That was from white people who wanted to help and thought they were helping. So I, I, I think we need to take the lead on this. And, um, yeah, I, th I think I'll just leave it there. Same. Because what I wanted to say was a little bit more controversial. I want to ask about reparations. Stop letting women oh, influence our politics. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Oh, what, say that again. What was the controversial? Stop letting, for the black community, stop letting the women dictate our politics. Oh, now you, oh, you almost made me catch the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe okay. I need to put my koofy on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to talk about reparations, but Sonny, go ahead. Rebuilding the black community, black family, black power. You will be damn lucky to have me shape for your politics, just to say that. So be 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 careful about the blanket. You're the exception. Woman. You know you're the exception. Come on. Be careful about the blanket woman go, go, go. statement. All right. So Kind of going through what everybody said when, like, when Unc said, you got to put down the phone and put down the, uh, or put down, uh, get away from the TV. Technology has been the bigger move, the biggest mover in culture 
the entire history of the United States of America. So a lot of the abolitionist work was able to be accomplished because we got the print and press. So stories like Uncle Tom's Cabin was actually spread across um, the North. So Northerners could actually see what was happening and then um, start to uh, um, adapt to go towards the abolitionist movement. What would happen without kind of that literature being spread the way that it was spread? During the Harlem Renaissance, they had the radio. So this gave them the ability to um, send out their songs, to send out their short stories, to send out their poetry across the airwaves, reaching a lot, lots and lots of people. And that was um, the way that they accelerated the Harlem Renaissance forward. And then in the civil rights era in the 60s, they got the television. So people got to actually see the dogs, the fire hoses, the batons. And it, and it started to change the nature of, of what they thought about the passage of civil rights. So we got to be cautious about cutting off our access to technology and one of the, historically speaking, um, best times for cultural change. So we that uh, makes us understand that through the use of technology, we have the ability to start to reach people we could never reach before, shape conversations we could never shape before, build relationships with voluntary association that we can never do before, get access to information that we would have never got access to before. So like we really need to start being cautious about driving people away from technology instead of understanding that this can be a great catalyst towards moving the culture and the community forward if it is used as such. So the more of us that are using it as such, um, it would be the it would be better. Um, when people say, and then when people say like the answer for everything is like we return to God. Majority of the black community is very, very Christian based. A large percentage of the Black community is very, very Christian when it comes to faith. Um, but you still see one of the most segregated times in America is on Sunday morning. So if it was simply a matter of having God step in the mix, you would think that there would be no Black churches and white churches, yet here we are. And on top of that, if you look at a lot of the Black churches that are in, especially predominantly poverty-stricken Black communities, like they are the redeeming feature of the entire community. There is no higher force in that community than that church that sits on that corner. If something was going to be done from that apparatus, it would have been done by now. So I think in terms of when we say we need to bring God back in it, I think you need to, we need to put God back in ourselves and pray for him to be in us and pray for him to give us wisdom and give us discernment because we are the ones that are going to have to actually go out and wage this war. So make sure you're praying for open ears. Make sure you're praying for a receptive mouth. Like make sure you're praying for the things that put you in a position to be able to make your arguments, especially if you're in a political sphere, in a way that is befitting of that political sphere. So it's not a matter of leaving God out or not having him centered, but understanding that that centering starts within you and it gives you the power to do some amazing things when you get in a fight with anybody. And if we return to that kind of strength and continuously praying for each other and continuously praying for wisdom and discernment for ourselves, that would kind of be a better formula than just saying turning um, back to the church. 
And the last thing I will say is white supremacy has never beaten black Americans. Mm. It has never, in the totality of our time in this country, it has never beaten Black Americans. It takes, it has taken progressivism and government force to achieve what we are seeing constantly, um, uh, what we are now seeing in our communities. It wasn't a mystical white man. It wasn't tiki torches and khaki pants. It wasn't any of that. It was giving the uh, government the ability through legislation, regulation, and taxation to use force against us and to rob us, to take our land, to take our money, to take the benefits of all the work that we put in to our contribution here in America. And I think that if we start to make that argument, it's going to get us to a, a place where um, when we do have the bigger conversations about family, about faith, about kids and, and education and all those things, it, it, it comes from a place where people see we are sincere, we are knowledgeable, and that these are things that we are passionate about, not because we have to be, but because we choose to be. And when people start to see you care, then you can have a lot more open, big, um, um, controversial conversations without them boiling over and turning into some kind of um, disruptive event. So I think that it, it, you put those things together, you can start at least us on a path to be able to have these conversations, to discuss our culture, to debate um, where, where we want to be, what we want it to look like, how we want it to be shaped and function, and to have that in our hands as our own destiny. It's been a while since we've been under progressivism, since we've had that amount of power. And I think if we start to move back to that, I trust Black people to do the right thing. I trust Black people to take advantage of the opportunities. But if you don't remove the progressive boot, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's, just, it's just too much. And it, you can look at it when you see the Republican Party, this huge political apparatus, and you say, why aren't you going into the inner cities? And they're like, we, we can never win. Well, the reason they think they can never win is because they understand the machine that is there. So we need to under understand the machine is there, why it was put there, what its function is, so we can learn how to get it out and actually return some form of liberty to these communities to shape themselves into their own destiny. And like I said, in the end, I trust Black people to do the right thing. Reparations. Is this a productive use of our time and resources? Do you agree with the reparations movement as it is today? We're gonna go Jason Unk. Jeff, Sonny, Jason, what are your thoughts on reparations and how you feel about it? You want reparations? You, you don't care? Ambivalent? What, what do you think? I'm, I'm, I just wrote about this either earlier this week or last week, uh, or I know I commented on it, but, you know, uh, I, I think getting something for uh, crimes that were committed 50 years ago, 100 years ago, whatever. And it may be very easy for me to uh, say that given my financial situation. So 
you know, let's take what I say with a grain of, with that caveat, that grain of salt. Uh, but no, I, I'm not a proponent of reparations. I think it's uh, wasted effort uh, that won't fix or solve any problems. No different than, you know, and stimulus checks or any of that, uh, it, it won't fix any problems. So uh, I'm, I'm, I would say I'm, if I had to choose, I'd be anti-reparation, waste of time. Mm, mm. Uncle Hotep, you're representing for ADOS and FBA across the United States of America, and they are watching you with your kufi on right now. Are you anti-reparations for reparations? What do you what 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 emotions or thoughts come to mind when you hear this conversation? Man, you always try to dress this this these questions up. I man, just give me the goddamn question. Stop with this <laughs> bullshit. Listen, man, I, I I to be honest, you know, whether you believe it's a legitimate pursuit, you have to ask yourself, is it um do Black Americans, will they ever get the political capital to ever enforce this? They have to be honest. Let's be honest with ourselves. There's other people, groups of people that have gotten money from other from other crimes, humanity. They've had the political capital to do so. You know what I mean? I I I, I honestly think it's not gonna happen. I think it's like another thing to just keep us spinning our wheels, you know what I mean? I think if you wanted to get that, you have to get we have to get ourselves so advanced. Then you would like let's let, get to the top of the mountain. You like you want to you want to get to the peak. Like let's get that too. You, you have to do it then. You got to climb the mountain first to get that. You know what I mean? For so this is like this ask for this now. I, I don't. I mean, I think to be honest, it's a waste of time. You know, is it a valid question that we should be asked? Yeah, but I just think we're wasting our time with that. You know, we're not going to see that money. They, come on, man. Let's let's be for real. And I mean, that's all I got to say, man. Like, I don't know why you trying to set me up with this shit, man. But you know I mean, it's, that's you telling me, girls. <laughs> it's a lot of people that I saw. My brother, one of my Netta brothers. He said, you know, he don't like when, when people say, oh, you know, you got this defeatist attitude, like we not going to get it. It's, a, it's not defeatist. It's being realistic, man. Like, come on, man. Like, like be for real. Be for real. Like, it's a, I like and you got to tell people that. Like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man. Like, are you serious? It's not a defeatist. It's, let's be for real. We going to get it? Are we going to get it? Now you ask, I'm asking you, Tether, are we going to get it? Are we going to get a check? <laughs> I ain't think so, man. Come on, come on man. Be for real. I'm, <laughs> we, just, we, a, I'm we, just a mediator. We got to start. You want you want to get buy some politicians in. We can't even buy none. Do we, how many how many how many politicians the FBA or uh, Black Americans own? How many how much does Pfizer own? You trying to get my channel deleted now? Nah, man, come you stop with this, these damn questions, man. See how he is, chat, man. <laughs> Don't know I know how to push that nigga buzz like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Charles, anti-reparations, <sighs> for reparations, waste of time, ambivalent. How do you feel, man? America, Black America's watching. Your cool, <laughs> your cool cards on the line. 
That's right. <laughs> Hold on a second. Let me get my tap dance and shoes on right quick. <laughs> you know, does the government owe a debt? Yes, it does. It does. It does. And government isn't the only entity that owes a debt. But yeah, it does owe a debt. That being said, am I going to use my platform or use most of my time to fight for something that probably isn't going to happen? No. It's why I don't really talk about this all that often. I'm open to the idea. I'm open to it if I saw a plan that I thought would work, but at the same time, Democrats don't want to do reparations. Like, I, I don't know why anybody's even talking about this. Like, Democrats will never do reparations. Why would they do reparations? First off, when you're going to vote for their asses anyway. Two, when they can continue dangling like a carrot, like a carrot that will be like, oh yeah, we'll get the, we'll, we'll, if we vote for them, we'll get the reparations. No, they're not going to do reparations. And you know, Republicans sure as hell aren't going to do reparations because they're too stupid. So my thing is, Yes, I do. I, I do believe that it's owed. I'm open. To, if, if if I'm by some miracle, I'm wrong and they start doing it. I'm not going to fight against what it. What does it look like? To, to what, how, what kind of check do people get? But, but that, and, and that's the other issue, because I probably would. Everybody gets to be a millionaire. Everybody black. Gets to yeah, be a exactly. And, what? Well, yeah. And that's the other thing. Is it, is it a check or is it in the form of programs that can economically empower us. I, I don't know. Like I said, the government is very bad at fixing the shit that it broke. So I will say I'm open to it as far as the, the form that it would take. That's above my pay grade. But here's my thing. Even if they did do reparations, if the government is still having its boot on our neck, if progressivism is still reigning supreme, what are those reparations really going to do long term? Nothing. So that to me, to me, reparations doesn't rank as high on my priorities. Ukraine got you out of reparations. That's what I'll say. Um, <laughs> well, I said we should identify as Ukrainians. We should move there. Then we'll get our reparations. Sonny, um, reparations. What comes to mind when you think about this topic? You for it, against it, ambivalent? How do you feel? Um, I think Black America needs political reparations, right? Political so, reparations. Po yes, political reparations. If you look at... Um, the majority of our communities, they have been under democratic control 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years. Some places have been under democratic control the entirety of the time. So like my home city of Richmond, Virginia has only had one Republican mayor the entire time um, in, in, our, in our entire history. It's an entire history of, of, of Democrat control. And it was also a Black Wall Street. Um, the reason that most people don't hear about it is because it was not torn down by racists. The white supremacist KKK didn't come in and burn it down. Um, the ideology switched in Richmond and uh, the blacks in Richmond began to uh, go along with progressivism. And so what you started to see was the slow decay of time that is, again, inevitable when you start to, uh, to uh, practice the progressive ideology. And this is why they don't talk about a vast majority of the Black Wall Streets that have existed um, that didn't go through some kind of racial dis uh, of disruption, right? The ones that just kind of what happened to it? Those used to be the rich black people. Why they're not rich anymore? And usually it's more because the ideology changed, the um, incentive to be entrepreneurs, the incentive to have ownership, those things went away. 
or the burden by government to be in that position got higher and bigger and people weren't able to um to um stay in those areas and operate but that's what needs to be fixed right and then you start looking at what happened in terms of uh the new deal coming in and those systemically racist programs coming in. So you're looking at uh, redlining, you're looking at investment in communities, you're looking at access to banking, you're looking at like so many of these things and they had never been taken off the books. So they're still sitting there on the books and government is able to access them when necessary. So they pick and choose when they can use them, still using them mostly against people that look like us. So to me, I think we need political reparations. We need to get people that will go into these local governments, take this abusive regulation off the books, get rid of this uh, abusive legislation off the books. But most of the uh, biggest one I'm thinking about would be um, like for your Second Amendment right and then putting gun control laws in. So it making it impossible, difficult to nearly impossible for black people to be able to own guns and, and protect and defend themselves. If you're going to go in and you're going to start to take those things out of the system, because those are the things that we look at that make the system systemically racist, then you're going to start to see, um, again, us starting to adapt in a new system where there is liberty, where we do have the ability to go after growth, where we are able to shape our own destiny without government boot and obstruction on our necks. Um, that to me is more feasible. Then after we do that, if you want, like, uh, like Jeff, um, who said you had to have political power? I think that was all. Like after we do that, then you might be in a place of political power where you can be able to say, okay, look, we got these 20 budding black Wall Streets that, you know, are coming into their own and starting. So now would be a good time to talk about reparations because we can start to get certain people in from the lower rungs so that they can be get a part of the action so they can become mm -hmm. a part of the economy so we can start getting those numbers and poverty levels down and using that as a metric. But to yeah. me, first and foremost, it has to have some kind of political undoing and unraveling of what has been done under progressive domination in our city. No blanket amount of money is going to fix anything until we get the progressivism of death, poverty, and destruction uprooted out of our communities okay. as an ideology. Okay. Jason, you asked Jeff, what does reparations look like? Do you like what Sonny just said of what reparations look like? Does that... No, just because I think that there's not a political solution. There's a mental and spiritual solution. I'll go back to what I said earlier. I'm going to try to not say it profanely. You know, I don't, I don't cuss on my show very often. And I've, you know, it's late at night and you bringing out a, a, a more a older version of me, but I'm going to go it. back to Bring my it. original analogy. The problem with us is we sell pussy and then we get mad when they come and buy it. And, and so we have, we got a history going all the way back to the home of Africa, a selling coochie. And so I'm going to break it down in a sports way to understand it. Cause what Sony's talking about is, is right. There were black wall streets and 
black people ran their communities and made money and took care of themselves. But we convinced ourselves that the white man's ice is colder. And so that's why uh, guys that own Negro Leagues baseball teams and Negro Leagues players thought, let me sell this pussy. Mm. Jackie Robinson, I don't want to play in the Negro Leagues. We're going to sell it to the Major League Baseball. Mm. We're the most dominant athletes in America. we got a history of that. We control none of it. And that's by choice because we sold it and gave it away. We could, LeBron James right now thinks he's a boss and blah, blah, blah. And he's, he, I want to own a, the Las Vegas NBA franchise. And be, I want to join the white man's club. Mm. He, Ice, we talked about it today on the show. Ice Cube's trying to run this big three. Can't get nobody really black to support him. He's partnered with a Jewish dude, blah, blah, blah. Kanye was the one celebrity that stepped in and helped him out financially when they got in a jam this year. Not LeBron James trying to say, you know what? Let me invest in the big three. This is a league I can own and control. I started out talking about Isaiah Thomas at the beginning of this. When he, he's, his reputation has been completely destroyed, decimated by fake news and the controlled media opposition. But the dude owned the CBA, Continental Basketball Association, and it was a problem for David Stern and the NBA. They didn't like Isaiah. They wanted to control that. They ran him out of business, used their puppets in the media to smear him and, and turn the CBA into the D-League or whatever because they liked Isaiah's concept. Anytime a black man stands up and has an entrepreneurial spirit and wants to control and start his own thing, we're going to sell him out. We're going to sell him out. And then we're going to start selling coochie and we're going to be mad because the white man came in and bought some coochie from us. But that's what he does. And that's what any man does. Trust me, when the white man starts selling his coochie, we'll be in line to buy it. Because <laughs> that's what men do. And, and so it's, if our mindset doesn't change and we don't quit thinking, like, oh man, that white man's ice is so much colder, Cycle is just going to keep repeating itself. It won't matter what political party is in control or in office or whatever, because man's nature, if you're selling something, anything, he's going to buy it. If you're giving away something of value, he's going to buy it and use it for his own benefit. And again, you don't have to go outside the sports world. The black man has sold his athletic talent to the white man forever. And it's by choice. It's no one put a gun to Jackie Robinson's head. And I'm not even saying Jackie Robinson did the wrong thing, but no one put a gun to the Negro leagues owners and everybody else to say, I got to join the major leagues instead of having their own thing and building that up. That's just our mentality. And it starts. And that's why, again, we got to address the slave trade from its origination and understand that it's our mindset that started all of this. We sell coochies and get mad because people want to come to our whorehouse. Mm. Mm. Damn. Coochie for sale. Like a, that was like the sports version of the Ballad of the Bullet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love Sonny's point. I agree with Sonny's point. Um, 
I love Jason's point. I agree with his point. Yeah. Uncle Hotep's on point. Jeff, you're on point. Um, I haven't heard much tonight that I disagree with. I think everybody made some valid points. We're gonna we're gonna run through super chats in the New Jersey minute. Please forgive me for flying through these. As I'm flying through these panel, if you hear something that you'd like to respond to, uh, please do. If you don't feel compelled to, do not feel compelled to. Tim Rogers, thank you. He said a prayer of blessing for you all during this time. Uh, I cannot listen until later. I look forward to catching up. Blessings to you all. Appreciate you. Uh, hit the replay. Chad Lemoyne, appreciate you. His messages twice were redacted. Um, Black, Black Hotep. What up, Trey? He said shout out to Unc, Sonny, Jeff Whitlock. That Hotep Jesus dude. That Hotep Jesus dude. On the subject of cooning, to me, them niggas shooting up the block be the real coons. Oh, man. Cannon Hotep, he said, let's go. Good, healthy discourse. Shout out to Cannon Hotep. Make sure you subscribe to Cannon Hotep's YouTube channel. His though, Psychonaut. He said, thanks, Uncle Hotep. Lots of Ho Uncle Hotep fans in the chat today. CJ, what up, bro? Uh, Cashmere Rocks. It's funny you said separate God and government. Caesars, because the whole Christianity is simply the pagan beliefs collected by the Roman government retelling history. Jesus means to hell the Zeus. Steve, uh, Steph Colonel, uh, race is a European construct. Uh, tune in and drop out. He said in 1776, the real power rested with the states. The founders created a framework but lacked the power to force states to outlaw slavery. But it was the uh, founding that emboldened many of those states to outlaw slavery. Casimir Rocks, he said, uh, Jason, uh, when you say get back to biblical values, are those back when our masters forced and beat the Christ into us? Or back when the Greeks stole the pure understanding of Yahshua from Hebrews? Oh, man. My dude just went full hotep. Um, Steph currently says, start the court. Jason, can, I, you... can I respond to that or we got to yeah. wait to the end? No, go ahead. Oh, look. <laughs> Here's what we have to understand about America, unless we want to leave America, or unless you believe in the rewriting of the Constitution, they designed a system here in America. And again, didn't ask us, but this is the system they designed. They designed a system that works if you adopt biblical values. The whole much, you read anything about the writing of the Constitution, the people they're all saying it was biblically inspired. There are people that have written books on all the passages that were basically taken, adopted from the Bible. America is a system, whether we like it or not, that was designed for people to adopt biblical values. You want to reject those values? You have that right and freedom. Deal with the consequences of that. This system will not work that well for you if you reject those biblical values and concepts. If you want to have success in this country, adopt those values and you'll have success. You can go a different route and say, you know what? Let's rewrite the constitution. Let's adopt this Marxism stuff and a movement that we got going on and we'll rewrite and overthrow this whole thing. And we'll come up with a system that, that favors non-Christians. You go, do that. There are people, though, that have chosen, you know what, I'm going to adopt these biblical values and I'm going to use them and implement them and I'm going to have success in this country. And and so it's just a choice. And, and I, I'm so I don't even want to debate that person. I just want to say 
this is the system they designed. Here's the playbook, the Bible, that works best in this system. Feel free to use it. Feel free to reject it. Go a different route. But the system is what it is. Well said. Um, if this is your first time watching this channel, hit the subscribe button. Greg uh, George Osei said, I'm glad I was able to watch this. Chad Lemoyne, he said, this $9.99 for the $9.99. Unk is dropping tonight. Unk is on it tonight. I'm still Team Hotep Jesus, Sonny, and Jeff, but respect where it's due. Higo, he said, if white supremacy was real, then Putin wouldn't be fighting Europe right now. Oh, man. Um, just saying, yo, he said, uh, are DEI policies white supremacy? What the hell is DEI? What's he talking about? Diversity, equity, inclusivity, or whatever. Inclusion. Oh, diversity, inclusion. equity, inclusion. Oh, yeah. that's what they're going running with now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's white supremacy. Um, in my opinion, histo, uh, psychonaut, are you not entertained? Uh, J A. Thank you. Entertained. <laughs> he said, uh, thank you all for being here. Peace and love to the chat and the panel. Uh, John uh, Chapman, it seems that black women have far more political influence than black men. Sorry, Sonny. Given that men have more conservative masculine values, would the country be better off if more black men were voting? Love y'all. Mm. Yes. No. Sonny Johnson should be the only one who, <laughs> the only woman who has sway. Well, That's what I think. Well, y'all um, know. I have a specific segment on my show where I, I bring Black men in and I turn the microphone over to them to let them speak. And, and because I know um, their voice has been marginalized in this conversation. And I love my Black men, and I must, everybody knows I'm going to stand up and defend my Black men. But as a Black woman, don't think I'm going to underestimate my own ability to have some kind of influence in this conversation because I'm going to be right here in your face making sure I drop gems every single time I do so. Mm. Jeff, you said yes. <laughs> yeah, it was the question. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got lost. I had a brain fart. Jason, you said no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Black men need to do more leading than voting. But, you know, we... We've been emasculated, and some of us have accepted that. We, we we got a very matriarchal culture. Well, I don't think those have to be mutually exclusive, though. I agree with you, but I don't think they have to be, like, exclusive. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Jones, he said, Europeans, some were designated whiter and more worthy of citizenship than others, while some were ranked as too close to blackness and socially redeemable, the story of how Italian immigrants racialized pariah status. Hmm, interesting. Spanky the Panky, the savage narrative, came after initial explorations as an excuse to colonize. Uh, they knew they weren't savages. It was a propaganda campaign by the powers at the time, contrary to the original explorers' accounts. Yeah, and, and it was done because uh, support for slavery and stuff like that was starting to go down. People were starting to say, uh, but maybe we shouldn't be enslaving people. And then they came up with this whole narrative. Oh, no, they're, they're, they're not on par with us. They're savages. So we're doing them a favor by enslaving them, mm. among other things. Mm. Tune in and drop out. I said, curious. So Sonny is saying that before racial categories were codified by Europeans, the world was essentially colorblind. Uh, racial bias always existed. Uh, it just manifested itself in various power structures. 
Strength mattered. That that's what mattered. If you could kill your enemy, that's what mattered. If you could defeat, uh, uh, no matter uh, what size force it was, if you were able to have victory, that is what matters. That was the only like the Mongols wasn't going around and saying, "Oh, well, you're a little darker than the last village we burned. We're gonna let you kill." Like they were burning everything that they came in. It was a conqueror's atmosphere and if you were a conqueror you conquered all before you so am i saying that there wasn't dark people and white people no but was it looked like that looked at in that aspect no it was looked at as the stronger guy is the one that's gonna be right in the history because he's gonna win the war and all the weak people are gonna be dead and they're not gonna have any stories to tell. How many civilizations are we never gonna know about? We're never gonna know anything about them because a bigger, badder civilization came all, came um, over and wiped them off the map. And they were like, oh, well, it's the ten of my no, it was dominant. It was if you if you go to like what uh Jason said about um that man spirit, conqueror, that's what it was. It wasn't until later that it, it, it was redefined. And that's the that's the whole issue of it. You can still say that it's a construct, and you would still be right. But you can't deny that we have been living under that construct for a certain period of time, that it has um, a certain impact and influence on what we are seeing in society today. So, yeah, it's a construct, but it's a construct that has consequences. Wes M. Showing love to Sonny. VA's finest sending love from 757. Chad Lamont, he said, I just hope enough white conservatives are going to share this. Uh, must watch to understand some shit that a lot of people don't even have access to, access to, let alone understand. Listen with an open mind, willing to be challenged. Well said. Um, I, 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 let me just say that I disagree with that. Okay. I, I care less if white conservatives watch this. Again, if black people, if we don't fix our mindset, nothing's going to change. Changing the minds of white folks ain't going to do nothing for black folks. <laughs> we got, again, they're not our gods. The power is within us. Again, what that dude, what that message actually just said is, I hope some white people's watching so they come over here and buy some of this black coochie. <laughs> That's what he's saying. <laughs> we got some good coochie over here. I hope he's watching. <laughs> but but Jason, isn't it important for white no. cons? <laughs> To understand black conservatives? No. 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 It's important what we do. Trust uh. me. When we done with here, I'm going to go get on my Stairmaster and uh. work out because I need to lose weight. Okay. If you get on the Stairmaster, I'm not going to lose weight. If the white man gets <laughs> on the Stairmaster, I'm not going to lose weight. <laughs> Only way I'm going to lose weight is if I take my fat ass and get on this Stairmaster. We keep sitting around, th- oh boy, once the white man gets on board, we gonna party. Once <laughs> oh, the white man gets on board, we gonna party. It's gonna be like heaven when the white man gets on board. Well, it's not. <laughs> Chad, you're a white supremacist. Um, white savior. White savior <laughs> complex. Chad got a white savior complex. 
Just saying, yo. He said, uh, if you don't give Unc any time, he'll never be able to audition for Jason's new Uncle Jimmy. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Dub Will, he said, Jason Whitlock, can we get you and Curtis Schoon to start back up again? Um, I thought about Curtis today when, uh, when, uh, when Kanye called Diddy a fed. Because mm. uh, I know that's something <laughs> I know that's something Curtis uh, agrees with. He's been a longtime critic of Diddy, and nobody has a better understanding of the rap music industry and how it's uh, used to exploit and exploit people. Anyway, but I did think about Curtis today. But uh, yeah, I don't. I don't politicking ain't gonna start back up. Um. Yeah, those politicking was epic. Um, blessed butterfly girl, thank you. Uh, AG, he said, uh, what up, fam? Hotep and Bill, Chad Lemoyne, Whitlock, chilling in the corner, hitting threes. Um, <laughs> Steph Colonel Darren Sills exposed BLM eight years ago. That, that, that documentary isn't going to say anything different. Mm. Uh, crew philosopher, uh, question to Jeff if the White Lives Matter shirt was such a dumb scam, what does the reaction say about us as Americans? That's why I said, I mean, it brought out a lot of stupid, just just a lot of stupid all around. Like I talked about the stupidity from the left to that, to that whole thing. There was a lot of stupid from the right too. Like it was just, I don't know. There's not, nothing more I can say. Like even talking about it is lowering my IQ. So. <laughs> um, Chad, shout out to Jeff, bringing it all, uh, all home to wrap it. Uh, just saying, yo, said this summit needs Cooley Bravo. Ooh, we should add Cooley to, to one of these. Chad Lemoyne, uh, Sonny got the notebook out, prepping for closing. Uh, crew philosopher, are we going to uh, ever talk about the power struggle between black men and women, or do you believe I'm mistaken? That's a great question. We should have had a discussion on Kevin Samuels. Mm. Uh, anyway, he... he... Maybe he's a better host than you, Hotep Jesus. Uh, <laughs> Brian, my bad, Brian. I think Jason's trying to get us all canceled. <laughs> Kevin Samuels. We might have to do a part two and talk about the relationships between black men and women. That's interesting. Um, just saying, yo, he said, ask Sonny at this point, how much of Sunday's segregation is self-imposed? Oh. Well, I, it's basically because the churches are localized. You can look at and define it through red lines and how they've been set uh, as far as our communities uh, and their position and locations with their cities. I like to say something else, though, right? Um, I think every single one of us that is on this panel could say that we understand using conservatism and its principles to become successes, to have some kind of success in, in our lives. And I don't think any of us would recommend a different ideology to anyone that came into our atmosphere. Mm. Like understanding that we know conservatism works, that if you apply it, um, you're going to get the results, that it is not easy, it requires sacrifice. Sometimes you have to say no, you don't always get what you want. But in the end, you can say that it was worth it. I think every single one of us here 
would acknowledge that. So now that we have got to that point of, of personal success, and we choose that our next move is to look back and to see how we can lessen some of the problems that we saw growing up in our communities. That 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 same old um, trope and talk about, oh no, it's going to be your personal. I've already handled my personal responsibility. Now I moved on to how can I change policy within our communities to help usher in a space where that ideology of conservatism can actually thrive and come to fruition as opposed to being under the boot of progressivism. So there's a lot of us who made it. There's a lot of us who found success. There's a lot of us who understand that conservatism as an ideology and as a practice of life will get you those results. If we come back around and say, we want that same ideology that we know gets results to be implemented into our communities, I don't understand where, 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 where the problem is with that, where, where the disconnect is to say that what we practice in our everyday lives can be applied within politics, within these communities, as well as an ideology. Mm. Chad Lamorne said, Sonny with the bar, praying, repentance. Hey, hold for one second, because that, that's interesting. I, I want to. Okay. I, I got something to. I, I, I'm asking uh, sincerely. Uh, is. Has the brand of conservatism been so demonized in the minds of black people that it can't be recovered, that it can't be, you can't convince a significant number of black people to try a conservative approach. If, and, you, look at, if you look at all of the polls, most black people self-identify as conservative. They will tell you that they are conservative. They live their lives under a conservative model. And what I'm saying is, if you go in and you actually provide them with a conservative option, they will be receptive to that option because that is how they live their lives. Right now, they are not being given the option. And that is the problem. So. When you say the brand of conservatism, progressives have defined the brand. I, I agree. So there's no the question they have. They have, and 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 there's no doubt they have smeared the word conservative. But uh, let's ask ourselves in reality. I know it's it's fun to say hey, Black people identify as conservative. They live this conservative life, blah, blah, blah. I, I jokingly tell people all the time, yeah, yeah, it's like a joke of mine. People come up, I know you, I know, I've seen you. And I'll say, yeah, I started in training day, Denzel Washington. It's, it's just a joke, obviously, I make. But it, it's some make-believe perception I have of myself that... Yeah, I'm, I'm chubby Denzel. No, I'm not. Uh, and so 
black people, I think a lot of times say we're conservative, but the reality is, no, I don't, I don't see no wedding band on your hand. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see you making, not going for instant gratification and making the long-term play, blah, blah, blah. And so I just, the reason I'm asking the question about conservative, because it's like, I agree with you, conservative values serve everyone well, but the brand of conservative has been so smeared by Democrats and there's been such a mental game played on us that we are convinced conservative, that means racist. And so that's part, a tiny part of my reason why I tend to stay away from politics. And I, I certainly stay away from saying, be a political conservative, that's gonna fix your problems. I try to embrace your biblical values. If you embrace biblical values, you will, I don't say this, but my point is, if you embrace biblical values, you will be conservative. And that's part of the reason, just part, it's I believe in a biblical worldview and biblical practices or whatever, but I'm just wondering if being a conservative is even a pot, it's almost like reparations. Could convincing 25% of Black people to embrace conservative politics might be like winning the lottery. The chances of that are like winning the lottery. Anybody follow what I'm saying? Right now, there's a massive influx of Black people fleeing the Democratic Party. Again, speaking as a Christian, and there's my wedding ring, and um, I've been with my husband close to 23 years now, uh, my daughter is upstairs. She's in college. She just got off of work. So I, I think I got like the worldview of, uh, of living a biblical lifestyle kind of hammered down. Now, with again, that being the case, I want to bring those things that I know to be true that have worked in my life to the political sphere and have them offered as an option to Black America. They have, they have never been offered to Black America as an option. So I'll give you one example. For the last 20, 30, 40 years, Republicans' answers to Black people complaining about the school system would be, if a kid just graduated high school, then they would be able to complete compete in the in the global economy. So go to school, go to the school, go to the public schools, go to the public schools, you'll be all right. Now for it to um, for us to actually see what those public schools are teaching, how they're failing to set our kids up in metrics of math, of science, of technology, and actually get them ready for the real world. So while you had the Democratic Party pushing progressivism in education, you had a Republican Party saying, yes, go to their education centers. That is the cure for what ails you. That is what will get you out of your situation instead of going in and providing a conservative alternative, which you do see now with school choice entering a conversation, a conservative alternative. You can pull your kids out of these schools. You start offering them the alternatives, 
Black people will take the alternative that brings them closer to conservatism. Every single time a program is introduced anywhere near a Black area that gives Black parents the chance to pull their kids out of failing schools, there are wait lists of hundreds and thousands of people who want to participate in those programs. So if you give it to them as an option, again, I will trust Black people to be able to, um, to choose the right option. They have not gotten that option because Republicans who are supposed to be the stewards of conservatism do not come to their neighborhoods, they don't show up, and they do not provide it as an option. Yeah. So I don't think if I want to take my success that I've got using my biblical principles, using my conservative principles of self-responsibility and all those other things, and take that those concepts and say, here is an option for you, Black America. Again, so I don't see the just, issue. Just, one of the uh, examples that I've, that I've always used is Governor Mike Huckabee. I mean, because I got to interview him, and a lot of people don't know this, and I just brought him up like last week, but when he ran for governor, he got 49% of the Black vote, half of it. And what he did is exactly what Sonny's talking about. He actually went two black neighborhoods and he didn't wait until election season to do this he started finding out what they needed he started meeting with with pastors leaders and not everybody was receptive to him like there was one instance he told me where they had to like sneak him out the back of the church because people were mad that he was there but a white republican went into these neighborhoods and talked to people broke bread and actually got an idea of what they needed and when they went to the polls 50 percent voted for him and they knew he was a conservative they knew he was a republican so to me, that lends even more credence to the idea that if, if Republicans are actually showing up, not just a, every now and then, I mean like a consistent effort, then they can start making inroads. But right now, there isn't much of an alternative. Like you can't vote for a Republican mayor if a Republican isn't running, right? So that, that, that's, that also has to be taken into account because that is probably the major issue here. Glenn Youngkin. Hold on, hold on. Let, 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 let Jason hop in right there. Jason, you was about to say something? I, 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 I want to, what happened with Huckabee, I, and again, I don't know the details. I, I certainly take your word for it. But again, that, that might be a one-off, an aberration, and it's great. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not a possibility. And, and as it relates to Sony just in particular, it's like, keep in mind, a lot of this stuff I'm talking I'm talking about myself as well in terms of let's here's an option a conservative option that's on the table for black people and there's nothing the white man can do to stop it marriage marriage is an option that's available to every black person man woman but that there's not some systemic thing stopping us from getting we're not choosing that option there's nothing stopping us. We we have embraced a mentality that we don't think marriage is that important. And again, part of it, anything that's branded conservative, we've had a mental game played on us that we think it's our enemy. And we think liberal and progressive is our best friend. And so it's like my tactic or a strategy or default is like, we need to offer black people a pathway back to God. If they go back to God, then they're going to embrace their conservative side. It won't just be a talking point and say, yeah, I'm conservative. 
well, hold on, your actions, again, Sony, I get your actions actually say you're conservative and have a biblical worldview. You're married, been married for 23 years, you've raised good kids that are successful, totally get it. But I'm looking at too many of us, myself included, who did not value family, who valued going out and chasing young tail and all that other stuff. My values weren't in order. And I know too many other people like me, values not in order. And that's why 75% of us aren't married. Bunch of us got kids, stray kids everywhere. Blah, blah. And so it's, it's easy to say I'm conservative. It's actually hard to live it out the way that you're doing it, Sony. And, and I'm just wondering, again, have they so damaged the brand of conservatism that we can't say it, it's, let's, I'll go to an example from The Wire. They're selling bad dope. And so they rebranded it and gave it a different name. And that was Stringer Bell's solution. And I'm just wondering, like, if that brand of conservatism has been so damaged by Black people that we can't effectively sell it to Black people. I, I, I'll just say I don't believe that to be the case. I think we've exhausted that topic. Well said, everyone. They got my brain juices flowing. Pause, <laughs> I, if, just in case I got to. Um, Sonny with the Bar of Parent Repentance, uh, U.S., uh, do the work, let God do the work in the U.S. The gates of hell cannot prevail. Adam Rizek. Adam Rizek is the programmer for the Grifties, grifties.com. Make sure y'all go uh, nominate and vote, grifties.com. It says, legendary stream. Thank you, bro. Um, LJN with the big boy super chat. Appreciate you. You said, great conversation panel. I myself classify myself as D-O-C-A descendant of continental Africa versus black Sonny Can't wait to hear tomorrow's show. Um, cruel philosophy said reparations is like a woman squirt. Do I expect it? No, but if it happens, great. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, <laughs> inside of the ages, it's monopoly money. If we don't end the fed, uh, that should be the biggest black issue. Central banks kill generational wealth. Um, inside the ages, Black Wall Street is about central bank control. Uh, Kamuri, uh, Joe, he said, uh, peace to esteemed panel. Shout out to Jason Whitlock for still being one of the few inter interesting black journalists out there. Art Dog, tuition for the best class ever. Thank you, Art Dog. Uh, wonderful compliment. P Dog Knight, he said, time to change the name of the stream. Coochie for sale. Sorry, Sonny, you the real star here. <laughs> Coochie for sale. I'll never forgive you for that, Jason. <laughs> Um, just saying, yo, uh, integration was infiltration. Hotep Jesus quote. Yeah. Yeah. I got that from my, aunt. uh, my moon vacation said, uh, love all five of you. Keep up your good, uh, works in this word. Uh, I think she said world, uh, appreciate all you, um, LOL. Where the coochie at <laughs> G at NYC. Great panel, Jason and Jeff, uh, Chad Lemoyne on blocking Jason's next three for killing me um uh, <laughs> blessed butterfly big girl super chat thank you steph Yo, colonel no, said no, next no, summit no. Maj toure angela stan king cooley bravo and bryson gray oh my god uh <laughs> steph colonel it's past unk's bedtime 
John Jay, what the hell John Jay been at? He says, shout out uh, Hotep Jay and Unk. Y'all really still doing y'all thing? Uh, of course, yes. Consistency breeds success. Uh, Katie Bogren, great discussion. Um, I've already written down the next two topics. I'm going to think of two more for part two. I'm going to bring the same people back. We're not going to change this up until I feel like I need to. I like this panel. These are the, the minds I love the minds I want to hear, the minds I respect most in this space. So I'm going to bring them back for part two. I'm not sure when we'll figure that out, uh, but I already have our next two topics and I'm going to add two more and we'll get this back going. Um, everybody's link is in the description box below. You can follow Jason, Sonny, Jeff Charles and Uncle Hotep on Twitter. The links are below. Find out what they're into. Jason, he's over there with Glenn Beck at... Um, uh, the Blaze, he's got his show Fearless. Sonny Johnson is over there at Sirius XM Radio, Patriot Radio. Uh, shows are 2 p.m. Eastern Time every Saturday. Um, one of the classic voices on that station, Jeff Charles. Jeff Charles is working with, um, what's the name of it? The Red Red State? Red State. Red yeah. State. He's working over there with Red State folk. And my podcast, A Fresh Perspective. And A Fresh Perspective. Um, make sure you go follow him uh, and, and subscribe to his YouTube channel. Uh, Uncle Hotep. Uncle Hotep is a co-host of Hotep's Been Told You right here on his channel every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. He has the show every Sunday, The Uncle Hotep Factor, where he gives you his perspective on current events. He is a father and uh, also has streaming in the mornings. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been another classic, legendary um piece of content for you guys. I hope you guys take a lot away. Likes are cool. Comments are cool, but hit the share button. And I don't care what Jason says. Share it with the white people too. I want everybody to see this, man. I'll catch y'all next time. Panelists, hang in there. I'm going to make sure we don't got no hype, hot mics as I close this out.